Uh, it's great to have you here on Wake Up. Larry, I think you and I, as if the 49ers get past the NFC title game, Wake Up might be getting more and more aggressive and appearing more than just on Mondays and Fridays. So that's something that Larry and I have a lunch meeting tomorrow and we are going to plan what the hell's going on coming for the Super Bowl. Uh, and hopefully the 49ers do indeed get there because we got a lot planned if this team does reach the Super Bowl. Um, please hit like, please hit subscribe. Memberships available on both channels. You want to come out and support us. It's a wonderful way to do it. But again, just hitting like, just hitting subscribe means an awful lot. Larry, we've got a whole bunch of chats starred, which means the super chats are coming in. I saw somebody saying, you know, if I offer up a super chat early in the show, I don't really have two hours all the time to watch it. Could you guys get to them a little bit earlier in the show? So here we go. Let's do it. Here we go. Let's do it right here. Here we go. Glock Holiday. What is it about Brock Purdy that sports pundits love to hate? I've heard nothing but Jordan Love praise despite his stats being worse than Brock. It's fashionable. It's a great way to receive attention. He was also, here's the thing. Half the sports pundits, remember this. This is so important to remember as you're watching sports punditry on TV. They're being told what to say. And they're also being told what to expect. And no one told them to expect Brock Purdy to be better than you think he was going to be. And since there's not a lot of independent thought until they're told it's time to respect Brock Purdy, they won't. Well, it's the same reason that, you know, the 49ers are such a popular team. The Niners travel. Why? Because they're an iconic brand. You know, you could probably make an argument of the four teams left. The 49ers have the biggest fan base. It's bigger, even a bigger than Kansas Larry. City, bigger than Baltimore, bigger than Detroit. The Niners have fans all over the globe. Why? Joe Montana, Jerry Rice, Steve Young, Ronnie Lott, decade. You know, there's Niners fans. There's NFL fans of the 80s, NFL fans of the 90s. There's the Niners have given you, I mean, the natural football fan, especially if you're have no allegiance, you're not regionally tied to a team. You want to bet a team. I mean, I was a, you know, as a as a little boy, I was a fan of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Why? Because they were in the playoffs every year. And I my team wasn't. So I mean, I I would, you know, and there were tons of fans of the Dallas Cowboys. You know, when we used to play football in the at recess, it was if nobody wanted to be Steve DeBerg. Everybody <laughs> wanted to be Roger Staubach or Terry Bradshaw or Fran Tarkenton. You know, I'm gonna run around like Fran Tarkenton. So um, that's the way it is. So the right, Niners have a- that's, how, that's how old Larry is, everybody. He's yeah. Fran Tarkenton level old. <laughs> yeah, seriously. <laughs> I mean, well, Fran Tarkenton used to run around. So yeah. like when people would run around, do figure eights, it would be like, hey, man, I'm Fran Tarkenton. Um, but yeah. Um, but yeah, it was it was Terry Bradshaw and Roger Staubach, you know, and those were and the Cowboys and the Steelers. So those are iconic brands and the Niners have the biggest fan base. So. Going at a 49er is um, a 49er quarterback is a great way to get clicks and a great way to get attention and a great way to get um, whatever traction with the audience. Look, the the 49ers and this isn't this isn't biased because it's a team that, that I that I cover or a city that I live in now. I think the 49ers are one of the five biggest brands in American sports. You know, it Cowboys truly are a unique 
place to be operating from. It's let's Cowboys, Yankees, Lakers, Niners, and then a huge debate can be had for who fits that fifth column of just, you know, massive, massive interest. I'll say this. First time I'm ever in Europe, Jillian and I, we start in Amsterdam, and then we get to Paris. We take a train into Paris, and before I even left the train station in Paris, I see a Joe Montana jersey. I'm like, Jillian, they follow me everywhere I go. Look at this. They're, 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 look at the 49. We're in Paris, the most fashion-forward, everybody, like, putting on a, a, a beautiful, I mean, no, no one's walking around in jeans and t-shirts except sloppy American tourists in Paris, right? It is a very, very well-dressed country. Niners Jersey right there, right there. Hey, look at when the Niners played the Cardinals in Mexico city, the, the crowd was like 90% 49er fans. Yeah. The fact that the league made the Cardinals, the home team was just a, such a slap in the face to the Cardinals. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna have you guys be the home team in a game where ninety percent of the fans are gonna be rooting hard against you. Oh yeah, and by the way, since you're in the division with the Niners, that's your home game. You're gonna play at their stadium in Santa Clara for their home game. So I mean, it's like Cardinals just got got uh, got the you know they got screwed there. Um, we got this one from Cryptic. He says, "I know it doesn't compare, but this matchup has a feeling of Harbaugh." versus Carroll playoff game defenses are not nowhere close but physicality will be there the cornerback wide receiver hating is there Detroit is not scared oh no Detroit is not scared um they're they're gonna be hard hitting but guess what the Niners are gonna be pretty hard hitting as well you know I I think there might have been an element of the Packers you know felt like they're ahead of schedule the the Lions in their in their own locker room believe they're on schedule they thought that they were gonna have this year I didn't they did yeah, and they were right until, you know, they lost Mosley, and now you know the 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 Lions' corners are not great, and and every team left should be able to throw the ball on the Lions, um, but the Lions also you know are going to play some ball control, and they've got really good weapons and a terrific line, and Jared Goff playing well, but um, hopefully the Niner defense can take him out of rhythm. Words of wisdom says make T-shirts that say play like someone slapped your mama. <laughs> Need that Charles Haley locker room player who's going to make sure we play up to standards. Is that a direct Charles Haley quote? I don't know. I don't, I don't know, but it should be. Mike Baker says, why Kyle not using the best weapons at, a crit- at critical times? Why is Kyle not using the um, who's he not using? I mean, well, the one, I, I, I mean, Ayuk. I mean, I would imagine Green Bay tried to take Ayuk away. I mean, um, but I mean, Ayuk's got to touch the ball more than three times, especially in this game against these Lions corners and with Debo not being a hundred percent. This has got to be a hundred yard day for for Brandon Ayuk. Got to get well, him hundred yards and don't abandon the running game. It doesn't have to be a force feeding of Christian McCaffrey. As a matter of fact. I'd like to see Elijah Mitchell and Mason involved. And I think as Kyle sits around thinking, what can I do differently this week as opposed to last week? I hope he realizes, you know, I should stick with what got me here. And what got me here is running the football. So I, I, I even though 
What also got the Niners here is an incredibly efficient passing game. Maybe the most efficient in the NFL. And I think that Kyle needs to understand that even though he's got that, he shouldn't ignore the other thing that he's got. And he 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 knows it. Again, they, they don't go 12 and 5 if he doesn't know that. I just think he he got a the Lions are good against the run, 3-7 a carry, but their linebackers are not great in coverage. So to me, the game plan is real simple as far as going against uh, Aiden Hutchinson. Make him beat two guys. You know, let him go one-on-one with the tackle and then just have a guy sitting there waiting for him if he wins. So, you know, you, you don't combo block him and let him let him split it. You let McKivitz or Trent go at him one-on-one, and then you uh, have a guy sitting there off the shoulder. And when Hutchinson's... I mean, when a guy's got eight sacks in the last four games and he's on a line with, with you know, three other guys that are just okay... You don't let him pile up sack number nine and sack number 10 and sack number 11. You neutralize him and you slide the protection in his direction and you make him beat double teams and you chip him and you hit him and you, you know, you take him out of the game as much as you possibly can. Um, and, uh, you know, two years from now, you're not going to be able to do that because they're going to have more personnel around him. Right now, you can. So don't let Aiden Hutchinson ruin your day because he's he is far and away. It would be like if you had Bosa and nothing. Um, the, I'm, I'm not saying that Aleem, you know, Aleem McNeil's no good because he's pretty good. And Pascal was decent at Kentucky. It's not like these guys are total, total scrub, scrubs, but there's not. It's it's a it's a one man wrecking crew up front. Don't let him don't let that one man wreck shop. Uh, Keena Turner and Hooch says, let's give the Lions and that old hardball handshake like Jim Schwartz in 2011. Cal alum and SF native here. So all the best to golf, but go Niners on Sunday. Isn't it amazing how many quarterbacks who, you know, have 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 come from Northern California? It's like uh, it's like Western Pennsylvania. It's become the cradle of quarterbacks. And, you know, I wonder how much of that has to do with these guys grew up watching Joe and Steve. I just, you know, Tom Brady grew up watching Joe. Jared Goff, Aaron Rodgers. I mean, Aaron Rodgers had a Joe Montana T-shirt under his pads when he was at Cal. Um, Jared Goff, you know, grew up watching Steve Young. I got to think that has a lot to do with it. Really do. Yeah, I mean, it's sure. I mean, there's no doubt that that has a lot to do with it, but I do think that you've got, you know, a little bit of a a climate that allows for a passing attack to be developed here. You know, it's it's usually all football season long. You're not dealing with a level of elements like you are in the Northeast. Like if you you want to run a high school pass-heavy offense in upstate New York, General Winter is going to kick your ass. Yeah, but I mean, let's see. Let's look where the mo- the the greatest football amateur talent comes out of the state of Texas and Florida. Right. Well, again, Florida, yet, Northern California has produced the best quarterbacks in the last, like you know, and many of the of the top guys. I mean, you know, just the guys that we've named, and there's others. Um, but you know, when you think of, you would think they would all come from Florida or Texas, but no, it's, it's NorCal, uh, Ricky Williams. Can we please keep Brandon Ayuk? 
I don't think he's going anywhere. I think they're going to pay him handsomely. Greg Argisi. If you do keep Brandon Ayuk, and you are going to keep Brandon Ayuk, that means Juwan Jennings has two games left with the Niners. Yeah, most likely. Most likely. I think you're right. I th- and I said it at the beginning of the year that this would be this would be uh, JJ's final year with the Niners because you can't pay everybody, right? And you've already paid Debo, and you want to pay Brandon Ayuk, so you're not going to pay that third guy. Um, but will JJ get to have a burgeoning market, or will you know? You never know. You never know what the marketplace is. Jennings is the player that a team trying to get better overpays and then finds a level of, oh, he might be a little overpaid in Juwan Jennings, right? I'll I'll, I'll be honest. I kind of think that Juwan Jennings is a guy that could be huge in this game and then could be a Detroit Lion next year because in a lot of ways, Juwan Jennings is exactly the kind of receiver the Lions need to complement what they've got. They've got the burner in Jamison Williams. They've got the guy in Amon Ra, who's the true number one. They need that gritty, tough blocker badass. And that's JJ. And if he plays big in this game, I could see Brad Holmes and, and Dan Campbell saying, bring him here. I really could. Um, Greg Argisi. Wow. You guys need to relax. Packers were the hottest team. Rust and rain. Now the Niners will shine. Liner, uh, Lions cornerbacks are trash. Niners will show why they are great. Relax. Yeah, definitely. When you're heading into a championship game, you want relax to be the theme. Just relax, everybody. This NFC title game is going to be a sunny day, a nice little walk in the park. Here's a nice cocktail. We'll put a little umbrella in that for you. Maybe even serve it in a coconut. Pull out some long chairs. This is going to be easy. Fucking Lions, man. Don't even worry about it. That's a, that's a great way to go into a championship game. <laughs> I mean, it's, and it's easy to say relax. If we had a relaxed show where it was just like, hey, Niners by three touchdowns. No, man. Niners by four touchdowns. Come no, on. Larry, Larry. Hey, how, Greg, last I'm week, I'd love to see your chats last week. I bet you you were the guy last week saying, man, the Niners are going to roll the Packers. They're going to absolutely roll the Packers. They're going to they're obliterate the Packers. Niners 35, Packers 2. <laughs> yeah, I mean, there were an awful lot of people calling for the blowout last week. All right? But I wasn't one of them, and Damon wasn't either. So you may want to just heed our advice. Nancy Adams says, I sure hope you're right. And the Niners go to the Super Bowl. Nancy coming in with a 20 spot. Thank you very much for putting a twin on it. Thank you. Look at that. And a picture. She's got a picture there. Nice little avatar. Yeah, a little avatar. Andre Thompson has become a YouTube member. There you go. There you go. Uh, We got this one. Javi Della Torre gifted one the Krug Show membership. Look at that. Look at that. Memberships available. Love it. Appreciate you guys. Love it. For the Todd cost of a cup of coffee. Todd Mickle. Todd Mickle. Larry, I'm no expert. Is there an option to just double Laporta on every snap and just take him away completely? Or does that create more problems? If all they had was Sam Laporta, yeah, you could literally um, you know, bracket him. You know, everywhere he went, there was somebody in front of him and behind him. 
But I think the Niners don't need to do that. They've got the best coverage backer in the game. In the game right now. Fred Warner is a cutting-edge player. Um, he's a he's a linebacker who played a rover position at BYU. Pseudo linebacker, pseudo safety. He's ideally suited to cover Laporta. This is going to be Laporta's toughest day all year, trying to free himself up against uh, against Fred Warner. So, um, you know, Laporta suffered a pretty serious injury in Week 18, but he is playing hurt now. They've got Ertz. Um, you know, I. You know, Sam Laporte is a terrific receiver. I, I I personally think that, you know, they're both Iowa tight ends. I think Kittle is a better run blocker than Laporta, but I'll say it. I think Laporta is a better receiver than Kittle. I mean, at this point in their careers, sure, right? You know, I mean, it's it's this kid's rookie season. Um, Or is it his second year? No, it's his rookie year. Okay, yeah, okay. Um, Yeah, I, look – there are two or three guys who might be better pass catchers than Kittle, who still went over a thousand yards this year, by the way. But um, there is no more all-around complete tight end than George Kittle. Like George Kittle is the prototype for the position, every element of the position. Kelsey might be a better receiver. Laporta might be a better receiver. But I mean, K- Kittle is Kittle's special, and I think Kittle's got to have a, a, a huge role in every down that the 49ers play offensively going forward between now and any snaps that they actually play in Las Vegas. By the way, the lions are here this year, largely on the, on the tail of their, on the, on the strength of their rookie, a uh, rookie class, Sam Laporta, rookie tight end, terrific player, Jameer Gibbs, rookie running back, terrific player. Uh, Laporta was round two. Gibbs was round one. Jack Campbell, terrific strong side backer. And Brian uh, Branch. First round pick, and then Brian Branch, um, second round pick. Maybe, maybe the best nickelback going right now. I mean, he Brian Branch was great at Bama, and he's he's equally great today. Uh, you know, he is fantastic. Um, Joseph Ernberg, that drive before half drove me crazy. Really, I, I, well, the rest of us were cool with it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, that was a train wreck. I mean, I mean, and and you know, here's the thing. Be a good Niner fan and back Kyle Shanahan, but don't blindly bow to him. That was, you know, he, he was trying to do too many things there. He was trying to keep the ball away from his opponent. He was trying to score, and they wasted 45 seconds, ran out of time, and asked their rookie kicker in the rain to make a long field goal. You know, I mean, it's like, they had to get at least minimum. The fact that they even were playing for the field goal there bothered me. In um, in the pursuit of perfection, Kyle let pretty good pass him by. And, and that can't happen. You know, like I said, somebody needs to go up to Kyle and say, do you realize that you don't get any extra bonus points if you score exactly when the clock is hitting triple digits? And you you have a defense that is, A, good enough to not give up 80 yards in 20 seconds should you leave the other team 20 seconds. Also, you have an offense that is finally built to be dangerous enough to go, go, 
go be aggressive stay aggressive none of this like yeah you know if we get a field goal here we come out we score a touchdown in the third quarter that's 10 point difference right there well a touchdown here and a touchdown there's a 14 point difference so go 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 you got you want more you want more possessions you would think yes and and by the way it doesn't always work out as your three and out coming out of the locker room showed. You know, I mean, you didn't do anything with that possession coming out of the locker room. So, um, you know, it's not like you're it's for sure. I mean, it's the way he, it's his comfort zone. That's where he's comfortable. That's fine. That's fine. My whole thing on the who do you defer or do you take the ball? comes down to one factor and one factor only does your offense going against the opposing defense is that a bigger advantage or is your defense going against the opposing offense is that the bigger advantage and i just felt like the niners offense going against the packers defense was their bigger advantage at least on paper and i would have wanted to take the ball first who no, on this coach? Oh, sorry, Larry. No, no. I was just gonna say that's all. That's to me, and I, I mean, I get it though. He likes the. I, I mean, I asked him about it directly, and I, I asked him to follow up and explain it. He explained it. Um, it's it, he's comfortable with it, and he he feels like that's an ability to lap your opponent, and he's gonna go with it, and he's not gonna bend. And I, you know, it's kind of like playing twenty one, you know, in in Vegas. You, you gotta you gotta play the game by some rules that you carve out in your head before you sit down. You just can't just be wildly hitting here and there. You have to have some philosophy that's grounded in solid reasoning. He feel like he feels like he does, and that is to defer, and that's what he's gonna do. Hey, I'm good with it. I'm good with. I'm totally good with the deferment. I, I I think getting the ball to start the second half is a, is a great place to be operating from. I set my games of Madden up to automatically defer. Should I win the coin toss? I'm, Do you? I'm just, I'm, yes. I'm the same guy. I'm the same guy. Get that defense out there. Set the tone for the day. Um, uh, my question. And, that, and, the Niners, and part of his philosophy, I'm sure is tied to the fact that the 49ers under his regime have wanted to have a dominant. They've poured all their cap dollars into their D line, not their O line, their D line. So their defense has been the kind of the lead dog. And so they like starting games with their defense because they feel like their defense will get them the ball and then they've got it coming back. So I get it. But when your defense, you know, doesn't stop you. I mean, when the Niners offense hit the field for the very first time, they were in a hole. It was only three, nothing, but they were in a hole. Again, I, I don't I don't look at that as a whole until you've touched the ball at least once first, right? Like I I wasn't really worried about the three nothing start. As a matter of fact, three nothing's better than seven nothing. I thought it was a good start, all things considered. Yeah. How quickly they, they had to come up with some they had to come up with a red zone stop by by Mooney uh to get to that three nothing. Could have been seven nothing. Before we keep on going back to the chats, I just gotta ask one question. Who on the Niners is comfortable? If any, I'm talking greasy. Anybody on the staff, a player, is there anyone who can, in the moment of Kyle's kind of being Kyle, just go, come on, man, let's go. Let's get a little up-tempo. Let's go. Is there anyone who snaps their fingers at Kyle? Is there anyone? 
Probably not. Maybe and Brock. I think, I think that Kyle could benefit from somebody just in his ear that he respects going, come fuck on, man. Come on. They use oh. tempo at times when they first got there, but they're they're not big proponents of tempo. They're not. I you know, and I don't know that I I don't know that I would change what I do at this juncture. You know, that's more of an off season thing. But it would be nice when you have five eligibles that are as dangerous as the Niners are, and you have a quarterback that um, you know, can really he can really process what he sees quickly. Um, it would be nice to go up tempo. It, it can't be explained away in any way that I'm going to buy it. Like I'm going to buy an awful lot of what Kyle says. And there's no doubt that he knows more about football. His fingernails know more about football than I could ever pretend to know over the course of a two hour show. I get it. I get it. But if he's seriously like, yeah, you know, up tempo is something that we used to do. We don't do that anymore. That's absurd. That's absurd. We're not really, we don't do, we don't, we don't, we don't go no huddle. What the fuck? You don't go no huddle. What? Are you, what? what are you talking about? What are you, what are you talking about? That's like a, that's like a, that's like a baseball team saying, you know what? We don't hit home runs. Yeah. Well, wait a second. We, I, I think I know that team. Well, yeah. And how are they doing? But that's the thing. <laughs> it, 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 I, 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 I like the whole point of like, we don't embrace up temple football is, it's inexplicable to me. Like, what are you what are you talking about? I mean, seriously, I mean, up tempo is a way to change the vibe of a game. It's also I mean, Don Shula and the and the Dolphins went up tempo on the 84 Niners, who had an awesome defense. Awesome. Um, and the only success they had was up tempo in that day. And what I game. don't understand is when Kyle's got a defense on the field where he's thinking, ooh, I'm, I, all I see is hot supper everywhere. We got matchups. We got we got the matchups that we're going to take advantage of out here on this field right now. Why would you allow the other team to just substitute? The best way to prevent a team aggressively substituting packages and packages against you is to. And and I just, I, I don't get it. I don't get it. Maybe you don't want to do this with Jimmy Garoppolo because he's that incomplete of a quarterback and you're not comfortable with him making decisions. I thought Brock Purdy was the antidote to that. I thought he was the difference maker. So. Well, and maybe he'll surprise, you know, I mean, maybe he, you know, it's not like he's never used up tempo. He just hasn't used it recently. Like what's the thing um, that you said last week that I thought that's just, stupid. he said, he said that he went up tempo early in his, his tenure here. No, but you also said something about special teams. Like Kyle doesn't believe uh, in fake punts. Oh, he, he's, he's never fake punted. I mean, he well, may he, have done it one time. Right, but it was called back uh, after Wisnowski had the greatest run of his life there. It's too bad. But um, this whole, I don't believe in... In trying to trick your opponent. I, I don't believe... Okay, well, well, that's ridiculous because camouflaging and tricking your opponent is a massive part of every single offensive play that the man runs. So he clearly believes in tricking his opponent to some level, but to a degree, he doesn't believe in tricking his opponent on special teams. That's nonsense. Like that. What do you, what the fuck are you? Even it does seem about? a tad inconsistent, but I think I, I it, it, it seems inconsistent. Yeah. So because, the element of surprise is something you don't believe in. Well, exactly. I mean, no, I mean, and, and, and come on, we're talking about a guy who's basic, you know, basic tenant of what he does offensively is tied to play action. The whole idea of play action is fooling your opponent. Greg Cosell used to talk endlessly about the greatness of, of Kyle Shanahan's 
play action fusion game. And what he's talking about there is that Kyle can make a play action pass look so much like a run that it really does fool the defense and and make the linebackers freeze and thus creates a ton of space in the pass game. You're fooling them there. By the way, and Jay Frank Parnell has just commented, I think, something that is just, I mean, the light bulb in my mind, maybe the reason why Kyle's 0-30 went behind is because he's never developed a two-minute offense. Yeah! <laughs> maybe. Maybe like you do have to start playing faster and not at your own pace when you are I mean, behind and maybe because you don't play faster at a faster pace, it's harder to catch up to the guy who's running away from you. Yeah. I mean, here's the thing. Are you going to be good at something that you practice? Yes. Are you going to be better at things that you practice? Yes. So if the Niners went up tempo on a regular basis, I think you could say that they would be uh, more natural and more comfortable playing up-tempo football. If you don't play up-tempo football ever, how do you ever get into an up-tempo rhythm? And ultimately, there's there's times in the game where you can decide, and there's times of the game where the de- defense will dictate to you. Right. And when you're down two touchdowns or multiple scores in the fourth quarter, basically the dick the, the defense is going to start to dictate to you a little bit and then you're going to have to play up tempo so would you would you so there's it's not like you can uh you know carve out a world where you're never going to need to play up tempo occasionally you're going to have to speed it up and then how good are you in that in that window how good are you speeding it up so yeah i i, I personally would love to see them and they have the quarterback and the weapons and the play caller to speed it up and to put a ton of pressure on their uh, on their opponents. So uh, that's another reason. If you if you didn't have the if you didn't have the weapons, if you didn't have the quarterback, if you didn't have the play caller, I get it. But you have all those things. So I I I'd work in tempo. I absolutely would. At least hey, once hey, a game. Would you ever want to watch the show that just said, you know, we'll we'll talk about defense, but we we don't talk offense here. We don't talk offense. <laughs> you know, it's just it's absurd. What why would you eliminate a gear that everyone else on planet football not only has but embraces at times? I just I don't understand it. I, well, I and 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 here's the thing too. There's a lot of people that, you know, and I get it. You know, it's like Kyle Sh- do you believe in Kyle Shanahan? I do, you do. I think almost all football people do. Right, but, but he it doesn't mean but it doesn't mean, I mean, he's, he, we're all wearing the same number of Super Bowl rings, you know, and if you want to call that a keep a cheap shot, call it, a, call it whatever you want, but it's too easy to be like, well, he knows more football than you. I love these guys who think they know more football than Kyle Shanahan. It's not that we're having an open, open discussion about philosophy and, and different tactics to, to winning a game. It's not rocket science. It's not like, you know, it's, 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 um, so complex that nobody could possibly ever discuss it. Of course, um, Kyle Shanahan knows more than us, but he might not know as much as he thinks he knows if he doesn't know that a change of pace is a good thing in all sports. There's no such thing as this change of pace at the right moment in this sport hurt the team that did it. 
<laughs> it just doesn't have, it's you know chris paul is being brought in to change the pace of the warriors and slow things down because no team trips over its own dick as much as the golden state warriors do or we're going to go ahead and look at the way that baseball with its new like rules and how many times you can throw over to first we're going to go ahead and acknowledge that the pace of major league baseball is changing from station to station wait around from a home run to a more base to base get aggressive on the base paths, hit and runs, use some speed. And if you don't adjust to that tempo, you're going to fall behind the times, San Francisco Giants. Uh, the, the whole, like, we don't, you know, we don't go up tempo. Uh-uh. And Patel, yeah. Jim Tomsula also knows more than us. LOL. Richie, yes, Co- think of the worst coach you can think of. Richie Kotite knows more than us. They um, literally speak at a language that if we sat down to speak it with them, we wouldn't understand it. Greg and Brandy Geisler says, Larry, you have a different perspective. You're in the locker room and at practice. None of us have that. So it's kind of silly to second guess on something we don't know. We're not second guessing. We're just having an open discussion about different philosophies. And, and I mean, it's not like we're just saying, you know, I mean, Chip Kelly, you know, went up tempo all the time. And I can honestly tell you from from watching Chip Kelly's offense, there was nothing. He was often described as innovative. The innovative Chip Kelly. He ran bad plays at a fast pace. That's all it was. It was that all he was was tempo. I mean, the the play calling was totally marginal. Um, but but the tempo was considered. You know, cutting edge Look, tempo can dominate collegiately because you got a whole bunch of 18 year olds getting, you know, caught up in moments. And now you have an advantage. It's harder to it's hard to trick anyone at the professional level. And I just look, I, I think that Kyle Shanahan is nothing short of probably the most qualified person in the world to be coaching the 49ers. He would be even more qualified if he had a two minute offense. OK, there you go. They, they, yeah, I mean, you know, they have to look good speeding it up from time to time because sometimes you're going to get into a game where you're going to have to play fast. And there's times um, under Shanahan where they've been down multiple scores and there's eight minutes left in the game and they're still huddling up. They're huddling up. So, um, you know, take it for what it is. Um, okay. Let's see. We have. Where are we? We're right here. Jermaine Robinson. Larry, all Buffalo stars on defense didn't even play because they had the most injury-ravaged defense in the playoffs. You can't leave that out. Oh, yeah. No, that's why I like Kansas City. That's why I picked Kansas City uh, because Buffalo was at home, but Buffalo's defense was sans like five different guys. They were so beat up at one spot, linebacker, and then they got beat up even more. Klein went out with an injury in game. So, yeah. And then Mahomes, this key stat to me was Mahomes led the NFL all quarterbacks in third down scrambling for first downs. You know, he, 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 he was fantastic as a scrambler. And he had a huge run in that game. And Ma, 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 I'll say this. Mahomes, at the, great, at the core of all the great quarterbacks, um, they're great competitors, and that guy's a great competitor. I mean, if you're going to beat Kansas City, you are going to have to beat Mahomes. 
Um, and he just makes play after play after play in the red zone. You can feel his will. You can feel his determination. He's just, you know, he needs it. Everybody else wants it. That guy needs it. Flav, a, break, a breakdown in Kansas City's offense is usually happening for the guy on the other side of the pass. It's not coming from the quarterback. Yeah. And they still got enough, you know. Kelsey, uh, Kelsey was really good in the red zone. Flav says, I don't understand how Debo doesn't have a fracture, but is only 50-50. If nothing is structurally wrong, shouldn't he be 100%? The D-line and Purdy will determine this game, and why is Joseph Day getting so much PT? Um, you know, that's a great question on Joseph Day. Um, as far as well, how, why is he getting so much, so much playing time? Well, it's, you know, Cleveland Farrell being unavailable opens up reps for him. So I think that's explained away by that. Um, should it be Beal? That's another question. Well, I also think that Joseph Day maybe gives you a little bit more as he's, oh, say Armstead is in Hargrave, your obvious ones, right? Armstead's your best inside uh, run defender. Then Hargrave's more of a pass rusher. Kinlaw is, you know, strong, but, you know, really strong at the point. Um, but um, blocks more than he does eat up running backs or quarterbacks. He, right. He and Givens is a pass rusher, one gap penetrator. Sebastian Joseph Day, I think, is the best combination of explosive traits and run defender behind Armstead and Hargrave. I think that's the answer. I mean, that's why, hey, man, uh, this Niner team uh, has missed DJ Jones. They missed him on the Super Bowl against Kansas City when he wasn't there and he was hurt. Um, they've missed him since he's departed. DJ was a rock in the middle. You didn't even try to run in the A-gap when the Niners had DJ Jones. They missed that force. They missed that force of nature. Um, well, let me say this, Flav. You know, my, my, my tolerance for Debo's pain here should impress everybody, right? But... I was surprised that there wasn't an announcement of some sort of structural damage to him when he came out of the locker room without his pads on. I thought, if nothing else, you'd want to keep him in this game possibly just to motion because who's going to get more uh, attention motioning or doing that little loop around the backfield that sometimes happens, that curl motion to where you think, oh, is Debo getting the ball here? Just as a, as a decoy. Like, I think the guy adds an awful lot of value. So to pull him out of a game, not even use him as a decoy, um, and then hear like, yeah, uh, Adam Schefter says he's good. Now, maybe Adam Schefter got some bad information because good has gone to 50-50 right now. But again, 50-50 on Championship Monday means he playing. <laughs> that's, all, that's all I mean. I, I mean, I think it's realistic to think that he probably has a recurrence of the hairline fracture that he suffered in week six against the Browns. In that situation, he missed two games. Um, he probably has a recurrence of the hairline fracture, if I was guessing. You know, it didn't It didn't look like um, he had his, his shoulder, you know, it wasn't like it popped out of the socket. You've seen the look where a guy's got his arm and he can't move it and he's, you know, and they're, and they're they're popping it back in and you can tell the guys, you know, got a dislocation or a partial dislocation. That's very easily to easy to identify when a player has that injury, the way they hold their arm. Right. He wasn't like that. So I don't think it's a dislocated shoulder. Um, and I don't think it was initially they said it was a concussion, but I, you know, watching the hits that he took at the beginning of the game, I didn't see anything that, 
went true helmet to helmet with any force. So I don't really think it's that. I think it is probably a recurrence of the hairline fracture. You know, the guy missed two weeks. I mean, if, if you, if I said to you, you've got a shoulder fracture, you know, is two weeks enough time to let that thing heal? Probably not, but he only missed two weeks. So he's come back. He probably has a recurrence of that hairline fracture on the shoulder. It probably brings him tremendous pain. Um, you know, maybe he can play with it. Maybe he can't. My guess is that he can't kick return. I mean, take him off kick return right now. Right. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So she get, you know, you got some other guys healthy, um, you know, and, well, Ray and, Ray's back. Not that Ray Ray's done very much with his return game, but Ray Ray's back. And that should mean Debo is just playing offensive snaps again. Well, and these days they're kicking it through the back of the end zone and the kickoff most of the time. Anyway, Put juice back. I mean, you can put juice back there if you want. Yeah. You know, um, we got another one here. He said, uh, Cody Van Dyke says, Larry Damon, did you see Aziz Al-Shair on the field with the Niners for their pregame group hype? Too bad the Niners didn't keep him. Big loss. I mean, what did a big loss? They're in the NFC title game. So, uh, you know, but I mean, I, Aziz, I, like Aziz. I, I wanted them to keep Aziz, but here's the bottom line. Aziz got paid a full salary and in the Niners structure, he only played, you know, they're in the base about 20 to 25% of the time. So you can't pay a guy in the capped era, huge money to play 25% of the snaps and be an insurance policy. That being said, Aziz Al-Shair is a phenomenal player. They discovered him. You know, it was, it was, uh, Chris Kiffin, who had the connection with him and the Niners, another guy, undrafted free agent. Found him on the streets. He had 435 tackles in college, um, but he had some injuries and, and um, you know, so he, he went passed over. The guy's a tackling machine. Yeah, they miss Aziz. Aziz had like 16, 17 tackles in a get couple games this year. I mean, he's a great, great player. I, I would have I would have tried to you know re-sign him, but you know what? You can't pay um, a guy big time prices when he plays you know a quarter of the plays. And good for him finding that big paycheck. He earned it, man. His life story is incredible. I mean, that guy lived out of his car for a while. So yeah, oh uh, the guy, he was you know he saved his family from a kitchen grease fire, burning house exactly. Um, and I talked to him about it. The interview is up on my YouTube page. He's one of my favorite guys. Um, and Rand Carthon knew what he was, and he was all of that this year for Tennessee. He is a free agent, though, this offseason, and um, it'll be interesting to see where he winds up. And it's it's interesting that he's got such good relationships on the Niners that as soon as his season's over, um, he's here on the sideline, you know, backing his his brothers and his buddies and his friends. You know, it's like uh, Aziz is, is very cool, very cool guy. Um, Matthew Waring, he says, would you consider Logan Ryan in the slot and pull Demo outside for Ambry if Jair Brown is good to go Sunday from Redwood City but repping in Colorado? Let's effing go. Um, I'd consider everything at this point, all, all hands on deck. But I absolutely got to see Jair Brown against this. I mean, David Montgomery is going to run right over Logan Ryan. Um, you need Jair Brown. I'll live with Jair Brown's rookie mistakes. Um, I'll take my chances 
Well, but and Jair you know, Brown's got to play. Don't the Lions almost schematically lend us to seeing Jair Brown too? Because you're not worried about this over the top taking the lid off attack, which the Lions don't do. They don't throw deep often. Shouldn't that lead to Jair Brown getting more snaps too? I mean, just right there alone. I mean, just just the fact that Montgomery um, is a force between the tackles and Jair Brown's like having another linebacker out there. Yeah, I'm. I'm. I, I got to see Jair Brown. I mean, unless he can't move, it's Jair Brown time. I mean, there's a couple highlights. I've retweeted one. If you follow me on X, uh, I retweeted a play. You called it X. I've never yeah. actually anyone but Elon Musk hear it call it X. <laughs> I so I'm, I'm impressed. Well, I, feel like I'm, I feel like I better switch it up here. Um, here, I'm going to show you this play. This is a play that you guys, this is a play that, that really makes you go, what? Wait a second. Show me your X, Larry. Here we go. <laughs> Here we go. Uh, and just an unbelievable job. Okay, let's take the audio down. Hold on a second. You're flagged. All right, Copyright here we go. infringement. All right, go ahead. Here's a toss to Jones. 33, Ryan. Ryan, oof. Terrible, terrible angle on everything right there. He got flat-footed. He got caught leaning. I mean, you, you, you got to strike that guy. You're coming down. He's running to your side. You got to strike to that that guy. And he got one hand on him. So I mean, that's... Larry, first of all, Larry, you and I make that play ten out of ten times. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, that's a big one right there. And and um, the back this week is is really really physical. I mean, uh, Montgomery is a really physical running back. So you gotta absolutely have Jair Brown, in my opinion. Anthony says I tweeted to John Lynch if Debo is out. Put Conley in. Yeah, you will see Conley. And, and you know, Conley is big and fast and physical and can do the job. So I'm not afraid of using Conley. And I'm not afraid of Juwan Jennings going out there and getting Debo snaps either, but not as a running back. Only Debo can really fit that role. And I think Kyle just, that first play of the third quarter against the Packers is to me the, you got to explain that away. Well, I'll tell the other thing, Damon, and, and you know, the one thing that was really clear watching this game, and it has to change in this next round, and it's going to have to change in the Super Bowl as well if the Niners expect to win it. The Niners have to get more yards out of first down. In this game against Green Bay, they didn't get enough out of first down. A lot They've of got to get more yards. First down. Again, you got Christian McCaffrey. Remember that. Use that. Make a note of that. When Shanahan's really rolling, I mean, Shanahan with the Falcons offensively had the greatest first down offense in the history of the NFL. They averaged like 8.2 yards on first down. They were constantly looking at second and one, second and two all year long. It's like you you got to get it done on first down more than they did in this Green Bay game. You can't just keep leaving it. You can't sit at se second and nine all day. And get it done. You got to get more done on first down. Um, Clarence Molina, we are the enemy this week. No one wants us to win except for the 49er fans. Debo's going to play. He's not going to let CJ Gardner Johnson talk trash and get away with it. It's going to be a, it's going to be a bloodbath, man. If you're a 49er offensive player, get ready to get hit. And the 49ers offensively, 
Um, this would be a great game to, you know, take your shots on the outside, but man, I want to see the Niners match their physicality. I want to see the Niner offense match the physicality of Detroit's defense. Cryptic one. Do you have any Niner rituals or weird things that you do that makes you think you're helping the team win? I have 49er lucky socks that tend to work. LOL. Cryptic. You better wash those Niner socks and get them ready for Sunday. No, no, never wash them until the Super Bowl is over. You don't want to wash the luck off of them. <laughs> no, I don't look at it that way. I think your 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 lucky socks have to be ready to roll. You know, you get they're, they're ready to roll. They might smell a little bit, but that's the smell of victory, Larry. That's you, know, <laughs> you don't wash the smell of victory off the lucky socks. Do you have any uh, rituals? I, I used to when I was a kid. I had a Niner glass mug that I would drink out of. Uh, I do. I was given this for Christmas um, by my kids. Oh, Larry, don't show that logo. You'll get an email from the 49ers. <laughs> yeah. Excuse me. Could you take that mug off? Excuse um, me. We're really worried about <laughs> our flagship station being dwarfed by your guys' YouTube channel. Could you please uh, Could you please uh, take that down? You guys have 1,500 people hanging out in your room, if, and it's all because of that mug. Um, okay. So I used to have a glass Niner mug that I would drink out of on game day. And, uh, I always went to that glass mug. It was huge and really heavy. Almost. It almost felt like a doorstop. It was so freaking heavy. Um, but I don't have any, any now I don't have any, uh, idiosyncrasies. It's funny. I talked to Colton McKivitz. I said, Colton, what's your game day ritual? And he's like, I got to have the same pregame meal. I'm like, what's your pregame meal? He goes, buttered noodles and two steaks. <laughs> Just two two full steaks and a big, big, uh, big plate of buttered noodles. Carbon protein loading. Now, the right follow-up question, if you were a capital J journalist, is what cut of meat are we talking about here? And why are you having two steaks when a, you know, you can just get a 42-ounce steak? What What's going on? Well, he's probably going to Safeway or, you know, Costco or whatever, uh, which I'll be doing later today. I've got to go uh, shop for the family at Costco. Uh, my wife's like, my wife said to me yesterday, I don't think you're going to have enough time to go to Costco. I said, yeah, I think you're freaking right. I think it's going to be a Monday Costco. Uh, so if you're if you're at Costco in, in uh, Concord today uh, and you see me, I'll be wearing my Brock Purdy T-shirt. Come over and say hi. Signing flat objects only. As far as uh, my guess is for Colton, because I I have asked him in the past, and I think it's a porterhouse. But I think also he's kind of like one of those guys that I'll take anything. I'll take whatever steak kind of steak you got. I mean, if he, it, dude, if he's, he's not taking down, if he's taking down two porterhouses and his buttered noodles, that's muy agresivo. It really is. Because we all what know. What would be your steak of choice? Oh, it's bone-in ribeye. Bone-in ribeye. The country, bone ribeye the is, country ribeye is the superior cut of steak. It's the right amount of because, like, I to me, I'm not a fillet guy because I like some toothiness to my steak. I don't want it to just all be about texture. I like a good chew on my steak, but the fat is where the flavor lives, and I just think that the the bone-in ribeye is the ultimate marriage of toothiness steaky bite and the fat that makes it delicious yeah i'm I'm with you on the bone-in ribeye um yeah no question the tomahawk what the tomahawk is that what it's called 
Yes. But yeah. that is the tomahawk is a ribeye. It's coming right off the rib. That's why it's the big hawk. You know, it's, a, it's a, the the tomahawk rib is from. So the you rib. get it with the bone in. Yeah. And then cut it off the bone. Well, and, and normally, you know, the bone in ribeye is that little that little round bone in the middle of the steak, too, because the ribeye can come from different places. And, and the, the, the tomahawk steak is not the genuine ribeye at all time. But it's same same part of the animal. So New um, York strip. No. So a porterhouse is the T-bone. And on one side of the porterhouse is the New York strip. On the other side of the porterhouse is the filet. So you get a New York strip and a, and a filet when you order a porterhouse or a T-bone. Uh, I'm very pro New York strip. I, I, I It's a great... I, uh, the Will you pay extra for Kobe beef? Yes. Yes. Yes, I will. It's good. It's really good. It's a, it's a luxury. It's like meat butter. If you really get into like the 5A5 Japanese Wagyu, like eight out... How about this? Colton McKivitz couldn't eat two porterhouses of Wagyu. There's so much fat in it. Just couldn't do it. Leslie says tomahawk steaks are huge. They feed about six people. They're monsters. They're I monsters. Might, I think I might go with that later today. Have you ever, Larry, been to Bobo's on Van Ness? No. I've no, never no, been to Bobo's. It's on, uh, it's on. I've been to Morton's. I've been to Lombard. Ruth Chris. I've been to... Um, Bobo's has a bone-in fillet that is really good. Very really? good. It's, it's, it's my favorite fillet in the city of San Francisco. How about flank? Where are you on flank? Love flank steak because I also, I'm a really, you know, some people will tell you. You got to cut it thin, though. You got to cut it thin. Well, but it, by nature, it is a thin cut, right? Because it's that, it's that flap. It is the but flank. even then, you got to shave it when you're when you cut it. You got to kind of shave it down a little bit, and yeah, you got to cut it on the bias a little. You want to you you want to go with the grain, not against the grain. Um, but um, as much as I am a like steak OG, just salt and pepper, certainly no sauce or anything like that. Need a garlic. Pie. I also like a marinated steak, and flank and skirt steaks are the best steak to marinate. I'll do a teriyaki flank steak, Larry. That'll blow your socks off. <laughs> no matter what I grill, it's still the favorite thing I pull off the grill for Jillian. She thinks it's the strongest steak that I do is a teriyaki marinated flank steak. Cooked how? Do you want to do you cook it on the gas grill or cook it on the no, no, no. gas grills are for total pussies. Uh, we go with I'm uh, not a gas grill myself, man, myself either. I'm I'm a charcoal man. Charcoal Weber, baby. We don't mess around. If we're gonna be, if we're gonna be grilling, let's really grill. But it's hard in the cold temperatures. I, I sometimes I'll go to my brother's place, and he will have the gas grill going. And there's something, the, you know, especially in the wintertime, the ga the gas grill in the wintertime. It's Look, you convenience know. is uh, you can't you cannot question the convenience of a gas grill, but you also cannot question the flavor that you get from charcoal. I love when we start talking food in the. Uh, and the <laughs> the people just avalanche of comments. And by the way, you know, G-Man right here, G-Man is right. If you cannot grill, if you can't grill your steak, there may be no superior choice than the cast iron pan. A steak in a cast iron pan seared really crisp on both sides, and you pop it in the oven at 400 for like eight minutes, comes out a perfect 130. I like to pull my steak at... Uh, 129, and then let it come up to like 131 as it rests, Larry. Look at you. Look at you. 
The key, uh, so what, what's uh, your favorite steakhouse in the city? Yeah, well, I mean, you could go to Peter Luger's in in Manhattan or something like have that. You ever, but have you ever been to Peter Luger's? By the yes. way, yes, it is so worth it. It is so good. I mean, I went in there thinking like, how good? How much better can it really be than maybe the base best steak I've had? It is. It's spectacular. Best steakhouse in the Bay Area. What is it? <sighs> I got to think. I got Fleming's. Think. No, Ruth it, Chris can't be a change. No, it's never gonna Morton's. be Morton's. There's a there's a really good one in it right um, and Polk. It's like right down, it's right right down from uh from from that uh House of Prime Rib. Love House of Prime Rib. By the way, the Niners went to House of Prime Rib for the Niner O line dinner. I, I gotta get the details on that because I saw they invited Purdy. All the O linemen were there. I gotta ask McKivitz this week about about who who dominate who was the dominant factor in the House of Prime Rib Niner O line dinner? There's always somebody. There's always some O lineman that just is freaking, you know, just can put it away. But there was a place. I think it was called um, God. What was it MacArthur's or it was in um, it was in Dublin. It was in Dublin on San Ramon Valley Road. If anybody. Uh, McNamara's McNamara's a uh, guy named Barry Ford says, Damon, were you a butcher in another life? No, but I love, a meat, <laughs> I, are you I, a butcher? love a, I love a meat map. I love a meat map. I love, you know, there's the cow and then they, they have little dotted lines. I love I love a good meat map. I'll go. I'm, I'll, I'll, I'm the guy who spends, you know, a half hour at Lenardi's in, Ple- in uh, Pleasant Hill or Walnut Creek talking to the butcher. Oh, yeah. They're all they're all big sports fans. Dude, this is why, by the way, Butcher Boy and I became such good friends because I would go to his butcher shop to get cuts of meat over on Ocean Avenue. And so that's how I got to know the Butcher Boy. And then the Butcher Boy told me about Guerra's over on like 14th and Taraval. Okay. And he's like, I've got to go in there. He's like, that's where I, I learned an awful lot of my butchery. And he's like, 14th you know- and Taraval. Wait a second. Past that Safeway up that way? I thought that yeah. was like, that's almost like, a residential neighborhood right there. Yeah, well, that's my side of the city. But Guerra's on 14th and Terraval is one of the best butcher shops in all of San Francisco. Okay. And um, we used to go to Petrini's. And there's a guy in there named Danny uh, who, you know, the butcher boy was like, when you go in there, ask for Danny. Danny will take care of you. And I walked in there and I said, hey, Danny. He's like, I know that name. He's like, and by the way, Damon, he's like, it's about time you met the butcher man. <laughs> That's ah, a butcher boy, because <laughs> uh, he he taught he taught Shasky an awful lot of what he knows. I guess. Um, Would you pay extra for Wagyu? Yes, um, yes, at times certainly. Uh, by the way, Harris's might be the best steakhouse in San Francisco. Where, what street? What street? Uh, it's right on Van Ness. It's right down the block from. Oh, House on Prime the Rib. other side from uh, the other side of the street than uh, House of Prime Rib. No, it's Harris. on the same side of the street. Same, what same is? side of Van Ness. It's on the it's on the uh it's on the it was... Bay side of Van Ness. Oh, okay. No, I thought it was, I thought it was on the other side. Okay, maybe I'm maybe I'm thinking of a different spot. Um I'm also not afraid. <laughs> this. I'm, I'm not afraid Gizmo of Maltese, dude is a steak connoisseur. Yeah, uh, Bazi Mian. Argentinian beef is great too. It's the best after Kobe beef. Absolutely. People said you can't get real Kobe beef in America. No, that's not true. You can't. 
Tony Lesugan can't get real Kobe in America. You know, you can't. You well, you can, can, but it's imported from somewhere else. It's a thing. There's American Kobe beef, and then there is Japanese Kobe beef, and then there's the Wagyu beef, and now you're now you're in a now you're in a whole different price point and stratosphere. Mountain Cat, I love the task of flank. Look at you. The task of flank. <laughs> now, now people are showing off. I do like little James little- Wilson flank. I make kebabs with. Ooh, nothing better than a than a kebab, you know. A little, little uh, maybe you got an onion on one side, a pepper on another side. I like to go p- onions, bell, uh, red, uh, yellow onions, red onions, bell pepper, mushroom on my kebab. Kebab. I be- I do believe those are the uh, that's the holy trinity of kebab construction. I love a, I love a, I love a kebab. I love a kebab. Ready, Key Martinez's tri-tip. Meat tri-tip. Show. Tri-tip's a West Coast thing. Absolutely, it is. I, I, I never even heard of tri-tip until if you I go back east and say I have a tri-tip. They look at you like what? What? What do you mean? We tri-tip this? It's like it's one of those things where if you say, "Hey, <laughs> give me a tri-tip," I know you're from California. It's like the same way if you're like, "Hey, pour me a malort." I know you're from Chicago. <laughs> you know, I mean, just <laughs> look at this one. Google ba- at Bazzi Mian. I heard tube steak is your favorite. Oh, look now people are getting now people are getting ugly. <laughs> um, we got this one from Must Be Trouble. Flank is good for fajita tacos. Absolutely, it is a strong, but it's chewy. So you got to really. It's how you cut it. How you cut it is is very important. Should we get back to the to, to the football chats, or I don't should know we, if we need to? Uh, what is it? Damon, can we get a pound it, pound it, Frisco Pisco, pound, pound that it, flank pound steak, it, pound it, pound it, <laughs> tenderize it, tenderize it. Gar- G Martinez, wine and garlic tri tip. Since we're talking meat, can I give you the best tip in all of San Francisco? Lamb, lamb is my favorite, though, according to Mountain Cat. Yes, please go to House of Prime Rib. And when you're at the house, by the way, I, I don't took my wife that. there, I bumped into Gary St. Jean. Nice. Um, I love Gary. Uh, I, I don't, w- when you say, Hey, let's go get a steak. I'm not thinking prime rib, even though it's both oh, red prime meat. rib is a great prime rib and the house of prime rib. Prime rib is buttery. Good. But they're two totally different things. Like in my mind, like a yeah. steak oh, and yeah. a prime ribs different is different. Um, when you go to the house of prime rib next, Larry, I love it. Me. I love ask it. And me. if you, if you appear with Larry Beal on any of his shows, they give you a little house of prime rib, Thank you, gift card. Get your get your king cut medium rare and then ask them to take it back to the kitchen and sear it. <laughs> Look at you. You're like my you're like my late father ordering off the menu. Yeah, you can get your the next time you're at excuse the house. Me, excuse rib, me, Mater D, could you come over? It, here's uh, the thing. As soon I'd as like it seared. Have, as soon as you ask to have that seared, seared, they're gonna look at you. Like you've been there before and you know what you're doing. Like you'll get in that. No, they're going to look at you like this guy better tip me 25 fucking percent. Well, of course we tip 25%. We're not animals. (laughs) (laughs) Wait a second. Doddle, Doddle lover says, I challenge you, Damon, on my teriyaki flank steak. Oh, you want to take that Pepsi challenge? First of all, are you using <laughs> the very teriyaki blend that I use? Because the very teriyaki blend and you go low sodium. Got to go low sodium on that. Look at that. Harry Pitts. Gordon Ramsay has entered the chat. West Coast King, salt and pepper ribeye with garlic butter. Let That's me- the one thing about, about going to Ruth Chris Steakhouse. 
they do use they it's a, they de- you they may if 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 you can over butter they may well, well it, it's to a very little buttery Luger on that because Peter Luger serves you a sizzling steak on a plate of butter it's in a moat of butter <laughs> um, and by the way butter does make steak better butter makes everything better um if i also if we're really going to get into the how do you how do you take that steak game to another level compound butter Look at you. The night before, leave a stick of butter. Now you're just showing off. Leave the stick of butter out to come up to room temperature. Morning of making the steak, I want you to take uh, garlic and some herbs, and you dice them up nice. I mean, mince the shit out of them. Then you take it into the butter, and you whip it all together, and that is the compound butter that you then, when you take your steak off the grill to let it rest, you put a big slather of compound butter that you made that morning on top of the steak, and you just let the magic happen trent says real men hunt their own meat well i don't know about that if you're talking about tube steaks in san francisco there's plenty <laughs> i grew up in the, i grew up in the city man i i, I believe in uh you know petrini's on the in the west bay uh Lenardi's in the east bay i mean i've always said it i've said that a lot many many times i'm very consistent erwin kwong says harris ranch Harris Ranch beef, very good. Very Harris good. Ranch. If you ever stop on the way down and uh, and get some Harris Ranch, uh, you know, steaks at the butcher shop there. Uh, no, we have not stopped on the five as you're driving down to L.A. to go to the Harris. But boy, you can smell it when you're on your <laughs> you way. Can. When you're around Harris Ranch, you know it. All right, back to the chats. Uh, how do we get into that? Uh, Somebody said, "Relax." Yeah. No, it's no. It was the uh, pregame ritual. Who'd you said eat, eats two steaks? McKivitz. Oh, McKivitz. Yeah, McKivitz. So maybe he got maybe he got down and dirty at the uh, House of Prime Rib. Maybe it was his night to shine. Seriously, I bet you it was. Uh, Chant uh, Clarence Molina. We are the enemy this week. No one wants us to win except for Niner fans. Debo going to play. He's not going to let. Okay, we already got that one. We got that one. Oh, we had the rituals. That may have gotten us into. Here we go. Greg Argisi. I didn't say blowout. I said relax. Have faith. RJZ. Okay. (laughs) Relax. Greg, we'll let you know when it's time to relax. (laughs) Don't Aaron Rodgers us, Greg. Relax. R-E-L-A-X. Hey, would you rather a talk show host that you need was too fired up and you had to tell him to relax? Or would you rather a dull talk show host that you said, hey, man, you're too relaxed? I'd rather be told to relax than told, hey, man, you need to get it going. You're too relaxed. What's harder to do? Ask Draymond to stop punching the opponent or ask Andrew Wiggins, hey, punch somebody, would you please? Would you rather listen to a show that you wish they would take a nap or watch a show that the guy is taking a nap? <laughs> it was a compelling interview with Kyle Shanahan. What do you think? <laughs> My, Mike Baker. Larry, can you ask Kyle to practice to practice hurry up offense? I kind of did about a month ago or two months ago. I kind of was like, hey, are you gonna think about busting that out? Um, and he's like, We may, we may. How about this? If you think you're gonna meet the Kansas City Chiefs in the Super Bowl, how are you not working on hurrying shit up? Right. And guess what? You better be aggressive at the end of the first half because you know Mahomes in the second half is going to put you know put it in the end zone a couple times. So right. don't think you know if you got them down that you're keeping them down. Right. If the other team is playing cocaine off the back of the toilet level, hurry up football. You you better at least 
do something to march a little faster. Wesley, and I have no idea what that even that reference meant, but uh, there you go. Wesley Brooks says, I don't see a path to us winning the Super Bowl based on the four teams left. We look old and soft. Our window is closed, I feel. I will hope, but I'm very skeptical. Uh, Wesley, I would, I would say every one of these teams left has flaws. Kansas City's offensive tackles have have committed tons of penalties this year. Kansas City led the league in drops. They don't really have consistent receivers outside of Kelsey. They're leaning on Rashi Rice, a rookie, um, to carry them offensively. So that they don't have. It's not like they're perfect. Uh, Baltimore is probably the most complete team, but Baltimore is a bully team that if you get a lead on them, um, they have to play from behind, and they're not as good. They're, they're wide receivers outside of Zay Flowers are just guys. Their running backs are totally ordinary. Uh, their offensive line has got some weaknesses in it as well. Um, as far as Detroit, Detroit's got corners that you know wouldn't start for any of these teams. You know, the, Cam Sutton is not an elite corner. And so I think every one of these teams has weaknesses is my point. <laughs> By the way, uh, old dirty hungus steak, toilet, cocaine, and a bit of sports. I found my Xanadu. <laughs> <laughs> and I tell you what, Larry, I got, I got like, uh, I got a little something that I got to go do before I start my show at 11. All right. Uh, we well, only have four here. We'll, we'll, okay. we'll pile through power through this Niner mafia. Uh, Niners checked off two boxes on Saturday, comeback win and winning a grimy game. No question. Uh, Eric Warner says, new member. Congratulations, new member. Always a little clap. Welcome, welcome. Gizmo Maltese is our D-line poorly coached. Talent, but few sacks. Poor coaching um, is not their problem. Yeah, it's not about coaching. It might be a little bit about um, they may be a little, a little fatigued. They may be a little dinged up. They may be a little under, there's a couple guys in there that may have bigger names than they have games at this point. Um, words of wisdom. Guys, just made a cool Star Wars 49er Empire video. Tagged you on Twitter. Feel free to share. Great show. It's funny because that's exactly where my show is beginning at 11 o'clock. A discussion of the Niner Empire, what I thought it meant, what it really means, where the reference is, and how no one will be rooting for the 49ers but 49er fans this Sunday. So, words of wisdom, we're kind of on the same page there. All right. Hey, that's going to pretty much do it for us. Um, you know, Tom, <laughs> bring on the Lions. You know, Dan Campbell, I, 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 Dan Campbell reminds me of the, a guy that I met the other day at Amici's. Uh, he, you know, he's so angry, uh, but you know, deep down, I think he's a good hearted soul, but you know, he's the kind of guy that goes atomic with the wings at, at Amici's. I was telling everybody that the single most superior cut of steak is something that I don't even consider anymore. Cause I'm living a vegan lifestyle now and you got the atomic wings and I'll go ahead and I'll have the atomic broccoli, but that's all I want. It's just a little broccolini. You can put some, some <laughs> hot pepper on the broccolini. And that's very nice doing it. If you tried the minestrone, the you know, you know, it's funny that you say that Ralph, cause I was just telling Damon and Lowry, but they got to stop eating so many steaks and have some broccolini. 
you know, I, that's that's one of the things I do every day. I got washboard abs because I like my broccolini. broccolini Thank you, Ralph. Just, broccolini is just pea shoots with a better agent, right? <laughs> hey, everybody, have a great day. Check out Damon at 11, right? What are you yep. doing at 11? 11 o'clock, we're getting going. Little uh, uh, plus gathering, getting ready for a big, big week. And uh, not only do we have an awful lot of football to discuss but we're going to take a look at what the mission coming up for the golden state warriors is after a very traumatic week so we're going to be talking about all that a uh, little club plus and before it's all said and done it's going to be a great week larry i'm looking forward to the fact that you and i are going to be doing wake up again friday morning 8 a.m and much more certainly coming up should the 49ers reach the super bowl which hopefully by sunday night they will have you know, I'm off to Costco, Lowry, and I'll, I'll tell you, if I see you at Concord's Costco, I'll, I'm, I'm going to talk broccolini, and we're going to talk some steak. You can bank on that. Go Niners. <laughs>